My name is Clem Boucher. I am a reggae producer. When I was a kid at school, I started writing songs. I became interested in music. When I first came to England, I was living in High Wycombe in Buckinghamshire. And while going to school there, I formed a band. And there, was not, there wasn't much music in High Wycombe as far as um, exposure is concerned. So I came to London and there were two companies here in Brent, Children Records, was based in Neasden Lane and Palmer Records in Craven Park Road. And there, all the artists were congregate between those two companies. So I was influenced to move here because of the vast amount of music that was produced here in Brent at that time. My connection, I, I got involved um, here. When I first came here, I met Slim Smith, who was a Jamaican singer. And he introduced me to Alton Ellis. Alton Ellis became my mentor. He, he started teaching me music harmonies and the structure of reggae music. And that's exactly how I got involved. When I first started, um, I met a band. They were living in Queen's Park called the Simmerons. And um, I spent a lot of time uh, rehearsing and uh, doing things with the Simmerons. And I, I first went into the studio with Ronnie Williams, who was a member of the Upsetter band. He was playing with Lee Perry. And Ja Bunny, who was um, the drummer of Undivided. And I started production there. And I had facility to access to, to the Simmerons. And I often went in the studio with the Simmerons. And so reggae music helped me a lot. I think because the musicians were there, it was easier for me, in a sense, to... Uh, you know, go into the studio and try and develop some things. Yeah, all the music was coming out of Brent, and I was fortunate enough to be around Lee Perry, Bob Marley, Toots and the Metals, and all those great musicians uh, that came from Jamaica. And I, I've learned a lot. Um, I, in fact, when uh, when I was going to the studio as a youngster, there was lots of young people who wanted to get involved in the music. The guys like Delroy Washington, Tapazuki, Vivian Jones, all those guys I started in this business. I produced them, give them their first um, sessions. And up to today, those guys are household names. After the Simmons, there were guys like Trevor Starr, who played a big part in the development of the Lovers Rock. Myself and Trevor, and Trevor we will go to the studio along with the Simmerans. And Trevor was a guitarist of cards. He loved to play cards. He just came from Jamaica. And he would play all those lovely, uh, augmented, diminished cards. And he would play them. And I, I, I heard those cards. And I would say, what did you play there? And he would tell me. And I would say, play that. And by playing those cards, we start introducing you know, a variety of different chords into the reggae music. And we... And that's how the Lovers Rock things actually started. The first Lovers Rock album that was ever produced in this country was produced by me, with guys like Travis Starr, Digo, and all those guys. The Simmons, all of us were there together. That um, album um, was released on the Dip label, I think, 1971, 1972, called Reggae for Lovers. So we have actually done a lot of work in the... Um, in the creation of the Lovers Rock here in the UK. I experienced reggae in a sense because I had been around all these great musicians and um, Jimmy Cliff and all those guys, the pioneers, 
And I, I've, I've worked with Jimmy Cliff, I've worked with Pioneers, I've worked with a lot of musicians from Jamaica doing production. And being around those guys, I've learned a lot of things. So I was one of the guys who wanted to do production. I've, so I've been in the studio every week. I've taken these guys in the studio and we have done this music. Reggae events was very easy. During those days, there was lots of shops. There was lots of sound system people like Daddy Vigo, and we had Kong Shelley, we had lots of clubs, like the Four Aces, we had the Whiskey A Go Go, we had the Ram Jam, we had the 100 Club, we have loads of different clubs. And we had blues dances as well, which was word of mouth. So all these sound systems would play in the people's homes during the weekends, and they will say, well, we're having a blues next week, such a place. And so therefore we were always familiar with what was happening. So it was word of mouth and we d because we didn't have any access to radio or anything like this. And of course, um, there were, as I said, there was record shops, so mainly it was word of mouth. That's how the word was spread. When I was a kid, there was gram thing, they call it gram. And uh, my parents liked Jim Ray's and all this type of thing. And they used to play Rita Franklin, Otis Redding and um, old jazz, you know, Sam Cooke and those guys. So I grew up in the background of um, old soul music. When I was uh, growing up, I idolized Alton Ellis. He was um, even more popular than Bob Marley at the time. And, you know, it was because of Alton Ellis why I got to know Bob Marley. I mean, Bob Marley was actually living here in Easton. I don't know if you know that yourself, but he was living here in Easton, and all of us used to be together regularly playing music, playing football, playing dominoes, socializing. And um, so, yeah, it was it was wonderful. The first record that I purchased, I believe it was John Jones by John Holt. And Sufferer was another record that I purchased. And it, it was it is difficult to remember all those records, but I think John Jones was one of the first records. I listened to reggae music uh, anywhere, at home, clubs, the radio, anywhere I am. I'm a lover of reggae music, so I'm always listening to reggae music. Lover's Rock has influenced a great, vast amount of, uh, of people today in the music industry. Um, I, I've seen many artists, uh, very popular artists, that are struggling to make a hit record. And we're speaking here of English artists and other European artists. And what they do always, they turn to a reggae track. And by doing so, it helps them to get their foot on the ladder. And it's, it's, it's known to us that that's the way that they do it. So reggae music is very influential. And, you know, it's everywhere. I mean, I, I spend a lot of time in e Ethiopia. And even in Ethiopia, uh, reggae music is played there 24-7 and other parts of Africa. So reggae music is not just something that is um, played here in the UK or here, it's international. Look, when, I, when I first came to Brent, there were G's who was working here in uh, Wilsden with, with another uh, person called Winston. They had a barber shop just along the high road here. And uh, G's moved from uh, here and he went to Cancel Rise and he's still there up to today. And all the, there were several sound system Sufferer Hi-Fi and many other song system that was around. And the song systems would print leaflets and they will go around to all the 
biz black businesses and they will put their leaflets there. There were grocery shops, so when people come to buy their grocery, there were leaflets there to say well, there's an event happening at whatever place it was. They will pick up one of the leaflets or sometimes when the 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 person the in the shop uh, serve the customer, they will put one of those leaflets into their into their bags. And so the sound system played a great part in um, in in my area. And up to today, today it's still happening. Guys like Sir Coxon, who was coming from Brixton, those guys used to come over here. Um, Kang Shelley uh, from North London used to be here. Uh, so these all these guys used to be here, and we had we had a lot of guys, local guys. We had Count Nicks here from um, Cancer Rise, and and Duke Vin from a bit further down. Uh, so we, we had a lot of sound system here. Yeah, I think reggae music. There's a dance for reggae music. Like every, I think every music has their own type of dance. Reggae music has its own type of dance. I think the the Caribbean people as such, they have their own style of dressing. So I think people uh, associated their style of dressing with reggae music. Uh, I think it go hand in hand. You know, uh, the people put their character and into what they are doing, and this is how it is. Um, if you listen to the reggae music, it is actually people are playing, you know, what they feel, and and it, it's coming from inside. So they hear something, and they, you know, they play it, and that's what the same thing like dressing. The people dress they, and and also um, a lot of the the, the the lads they you know they've been to the states, and we have a similar type of pattern and behavior. So they they may have like, for example, about. Uh, baseball cap or something and so they, they put it in their head. Reggae music certainly make uh, um, make one make myself feel special. You know, it, it gives you self belief, it gives you energy, it gives you uh, a great satisfaction. I mean I've um, worked with people like Louisa Mark and many other people. And when I produce a song and go somewhere and hear it play and people you know, are satisfied and see people in enjoying themselves it makes you really feel special i mean i did lots of gospel songs as well and i remember one day i was driving down the harry road and this lady phoned me and she asked me she said uh, one particular song um, that i did with oin gray and um, she said can i speak to oin, oin gray and i says well no this is not oin gray this is clembushy and then she told me look um, i've lost my uh, parents and you know this song, uh, you know it's like every time I hear it, I remember, and it brings great joy to me. And she says, "Look, I've bought a copy, and I was wondering, uh, can I have an another copy?" And I asked her, "Where do you live?" And she told me she was living down Paddington somewhere. And I was driving down the Harry Road, and I took the address, and I drove down there, and I knocked the door, and I gave her a copy, and she took the man out. I said, "No, no, I'm giving you this," and she was telling me what the song meant to her, and it it was great satisfaction to me to see someone appreciated. I've had people from Zimbabwe phone me on the same thing. Oh, this song means so much to me. And so, you know, I'm really satisfied when I see people enjoying themselves or feel satisfied or get pleasure from things that I do. All oh, the media, uh, of course, um, you know, we had our own, like the Jamaican Gleader, Gleaner, the Caribbean Times, we had our own little media set up that would help us to 
promote our, our we didn't have international exposure but whatever we had we tried to make it work and we worked pretty hard at it so i think in that sense you know we were pleased that we had whatever we had but we could have always there was always scope for further improvements you look around today and you will see uh, on the streets all the kids today um not you know they they want to be uh, involved into reggae so they pick up something from the reggae and they go home and they they practice reggae has helped taking a lot of the kids off the street and put them into their bedroom with computers and microphones and uh, trying to influence them to create music and to do other things it has helped them to develop their own characters and personalities and to you know so they hear certain words from the reggae that the reggae guys in Jamaica or wherever use and they will find out the meaning of it and so they will use it in their vocabulary and also you know help them to identify themselves the politics has always been a, a very strange issue because um i think because reggae is actually coming from the black people so there's always been a problem that we've had to get exposure and as far as the politics is concerned some of the guys who are involved in reggae they say whatever they feel and sometimes um they may have said something that offended others you know and sometimes they may not have gone down too well but it they didn't care about you know if they offended someone in politics or what whatever they felt they would speak out and i think it's a great platform that helps someone to speak out whatever they 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 feel inside and i i think it's good look reggae has um united the whole of the caribbean people um there are people from other islands in the caribbean who who were playing soca and all type of music before but if you go to the caribbean now you will see all the islands the people are playing reggae so the whole of the caribbean people have come together even in africa the reggae has united the people and i i think if children records wasn't here in brent and palmer records which was the foundation and also i must add there was another club in um, in halston here called the 31 club in the early days that the all the black people would go too and so if it wasn't for these facilities the reggae music would not have been developed like that i mean after children were sold yeah it went to labrut gove there was a guy called uh, who bought children records in labrut gove now when i first started to do production here uh, myself and tapazuk and those guys i was producing them when i went to children records to play songs that i had i was playing songs so banelli and lee perry and those guys the guys that were anr members of children they came out and they heard the songs and they would say oh they they thought it was banelli songs and they would say to banelli oh bunny why don't you let us have this song and and banelli will say look this song doesn't belong to me it belongs to clem or tapper but they will say okay uh, we were only joking so they were those guys were was not encouraging us they were keeping us down so to speak and so i was forced in the early days to actually start pressing my own records and it was guys like lord coos who had a sound system who were playing these records on his sound system to promote my records and i remember them um, after children got busted and marcel rod who was a jew person 
bought uh, the Trojan Records, he, Marcel Rod, sent for me. And I went to see him, and they offered me the job to run Trojan Records. So I was the NR manager there and the house producer in Trojan Records. So the company who refused me in the very first place, they came back, the second owners came back and invited me to run the company. And the, the guys who originally were ANR members of that company, when I, I was producing with Trevor Stone, those guys who refused us, those guys, afterwards, I left Trojan Records, I formed my own company, and I was working with Louisa Mark and, and Chip Stretchers and those people. Those guys came to my company and asked me for a job, the same, very same guys. Reggae and song system culture is going to be forever. There's no joke about this. You only have to go around and you will see the way the kids are being dressed, the way they're dancing, the influence they've had. And of course, everyone knows the, the popularity of Bob Marley and the influence that he's left. I mean, we've got Buju Banton and all those guys um, coming through now. We've got Kofi and all those youngsters coming through. So there's a great impact. So all the children of today now they are getting involved and they have got a lot of food, f so to speak, to eat from. There's a big catalogue of reggae music. And apart from the ones that came from Jamaica, the, the most of the other production was actually done, was done here in Brent. The significance of Brent is that it encourages people to come into this borough because it had uh, the, the foundation and of course if you wanted reggae music the only place that you can really get it was here and the whole foundation was based here and i think it 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 have an everlasting uh, vibration where the youths are challenging even for today now i'm outside at the moment and i i have a recording studio and i am actually busy working doing a lot of production i have different things that i am doing now and I have a vast catalogue of reggae music that I'm revamping and remixing and uh, things like that. So, of course, I have things, um, you know, licensed in America with VP Records and those guys and, you know, other parts of the world from my old catalogue. And I have new stuff now that I'll be issuing very shortly. I think the, the music has differed, of course. There's electronic music. The music is more energetic now. And of course, because there's a, a new wave of, of people. And so, of course, the, mus the way the music is playing in the past is not the same as today. So, of course, I think every generation have their own vibration, their own feeling. And this is exactly what is happening. So, in the past was the foundation. The foundation was there. And today's um, generation has taken from that foundation. They've added things or subtracted and they've developed their own from what is there. And so that's what it is. This legacy is so good, is so so great. I think, you know, of course, I would like to see people remember Brent for what it is, the birthplace of reggae in, in, in England. I think that's the way they should say it. This is the birthplace of reggae in the UK. And as I said, all the, the music that came from Jamaica in the first place, it came here and everything was manufactured from here. So Brent is actually the foundation of reggae music in the UK.